0: use the promo code blue to get an exclusive savings shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day because if there's one thing that omaha steaks knows it's the dad's want steak that's omahasteaks.com promo code BlueWire at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just 89 dollars
1: Episode number 304 along the corner of the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by Mr. From Software Inc. himself, Nick Pollock. Nick,
2: how you doing? What is happening? It's probably because I have so much hair coming out of my head. I look like a grotesque feature feature creature from From software, not to sound like a stutterer, but no, they have Elden Ring coming out in like two weeks. I'm stoked. I was just
1: going to say, how excited are you for that? It's not that I'm counting down, but it's 11 days away. How excited are you? I am so
2: pumped. I play all the Dark Souls games with my very close friend, Evelyn, and she just had a daughter. I am a a godfather. She is my goddaughter, and I'm going to be able to hang out at her place with her husband and little Gemma playing Elden Ring very soon <laughs> i can't how wait how nothing we- better to be introduced to the world and experience the yeah the atrocities that are the monsters in from software games i can't H- wait how, it's pathetic- gonna be great. how pathetic are we that we were like oh my god dark souls but you can jump i'm in crazy <laughs> and you So you fly crazy. around on a horse great this is what happens when there isn't any baseball news so we, yeah. we gotta rely on video games huh some people might like that
1: some people might not like that but don't worry <laughs> that's not what this podcast is going to be about although i could probably talk about that new game sifu for a little while if i don't almost oh, look at on you it's, it's very yeah. good i'm trying to get it all in before the end of march and my life is over as i know it's uh that's not, uh, not not over at all just starting fast just begin it's only just i'm begin. so excited for you Uh, Thank you. I'm very excited for the new OnlyFans feature on PitcherList coming to the website in two months. Because one Uh,
2: person mentioned it. (laughs)
0: The OnlyFans
1: 2. Welcome to his OnlyFans page. Um, all right. Today, uh, as you know, uh, you've been with us the past couple of weeks, and thank you for being with us. We hope we're a little bit of a bright side to all the madness that happens every single day uh, with, with, with baseball. It really stunk last night to be watching the Super Bowl and be like, what Oh, it's not baseball season. It, yeah, it, it just rough. hurt. It's supposed
2: to be like our time, and it's still not. You know. it's yeah it's supposed to like it's like that
1: period where you're like where the you just put the steak in the oven and it's getting to the right temperature and you're all excited you're hungry you're waiting for it and now it's like the steak you, you forgot to take it out of the fridge so it just yeah got it's thaw. a
2: mistake indeed and the football, Very nice. football season even gave us an extra week to be like all right we'll give you an extra week just to make sure you're you're ready in time and no it did we weren't. It
1: did. And we're not. And it stinks. But here we are. That doesn't mean we're slowing down. We are back nope. to talking about Nick's top 100. So I guess we could forecast too. you're going to get two podcasts a week for the next couple of weeks until we break down uh, all of Nick's top 100 and then have a full podcast dedicated to 100 plus, I believe. Right.
2: Yes. And uh, also when we stop doing two a week for on the corner, we might have two a week through other means as well and not just John's. But, like, you know, the other podcast that we hinted at, PitchCon, will arrive in March. But we kind of figured, you know what? It's kind of weird having a show about baseball when there isn't any baseball. So, uh, yeah. so we'll pick that up soon. Can't yeah, wait. That'll, that'll, that'll be coming. That'll be coming. But in and the meantime, we're doing that. Yes. And that's on the other feed. I need to announce this. Mm. I'm sorry, Fast. No, no, no. We no. have two feeds, guys. We have the so hungry. Pitcher List Fantasy Baseball podcast feed, which a lot of you is how you listen to this podcast. Awesome. But there are a lot of podcasts that we have, including my Nick Pollock and Friends, Shag and Flies, uh, Red Black Green Baseball, uh, Short Hops and Tall Tales, many others. Those are on a new feed. You're not going to get them anymore on this one. It's the Pitchless Baseball feed because those are baseball shows. Those are not fantasy baseball shows. And our new show will be on that one exclusively. So go check that out. Go subscribe to it. Go rate and review. Uh, you don't want to miss all that stuff that you guys have been listening to all off offseason. Don't miss it. On the list is on there, too. Check it out. Baseball podcasts.
1: Uh, Check it out. That's not the only thing you should be checking out. You should be checking out the player pages because those things are, you can say sexy on PG stuff. Those things are sexy. They're looking real good. They are. They're looking real good.
2: Very alluring. Yes.
1: Okay, fine. You want to pull out your thesaurus? <laughs> fine. Um, so today we're going to be breaking down 21 through 30 after, by the way, after Nick's top 100, when we get all the crappy analysis out of the way, then we're going to move to my top 100. Yes. So, Can't wait you know, for that. If you want to, just take a wait, mate, wake up the second week of March, and uh, you'll be you'll be set. Did uh, you say wait, mate? Yeah, wait, mate. What is that? A Waitmate is a Tim and Eric skit where uh, there, it's you can't wait for an event in a couple weeks. So you take a pill and it makes you sleep until that
2: date. Oh, man. That's what uh, Cartman goes... wanted when he was waiting for a wee. And, and There you go. He's going to have had the Waitmate. It's a very yeah. good Tim and Eric episode.
1: Uh, today, we're going to be talking about 21 through 30, though. And each week is going to get a little bit spicier, right? We get away from what consensus is. Now, we don't have a... Uh, uh, there's not a lot of, like Eno hasn't put out his list yet, Paul hasn't put out his list yet so the only way I can be, Paul Spohr, the only way I can be like, this is the consensus is going by NFBC, right? You can't say that you are the higher low in the industry yet because we're waiting for a lot of industry sure. people to release their rankings, but I can yeah. say that you're relatively higher or lower than the field when it comes to particular pitchers. Yeah, right? there is was, uh,
2: there is like a fantasy pros ADP you could technically use that might be closer <laughs> considering that NFB ADP, NFBC ADP is 15 teamers and traditional. Fancy pros but it's it's all weird i wonder i know Spore put out something in you know 2021 i don't know if he, how recently he's updated them i also know mason put out his top 200 yeah, or right. something as yeah. well uh so and i know SB streamers is coming out soon all that kind of stuff uh so yeah they'll have a lot to compare with and i'm sure i guarantee you you're gonna have stuff on yours that i'm just like yep that's um hmm, i should have done that uh and yeah, i have I my update I have an update. I was planning originally in early March, but I'm not going to do that because nothing will have happened. Uh, so I'll have something probably around the middle of March. Actually, kind of near yours. Probably a week after, I'll have an update myself. So maybe we'll do uh, that. Maybe we'll do mine. We'll, we'll let you update and then we'll do disparities. Yeah. Back to back. Bring it back. <laughs>
1: Back to back. No one can see the face I just made or the pose I did. Um, All right, we're going to break into Knicks 21 through 30, and we're going to start it off with a guy that we hinted at. I think it was definitely last week because we reported both last week. But you mentioned him, I think, as a guy correct me if I'm wrong, it was like a guy where it was like maybe you were being a little too unfair on him. And then you looked at his numbers and you were like, okay, I can raise him up a little bit more. And that is Logan Webb. So still a little low for him based on NFBC consensus, as you mentioned, that is 15 teamers, but he's like the 17th, 18th starting pitcher overall off the board. Talk to me a little about how Logan Webb and why he didn't crack your top 20.
2: So so originally I had him around 30 or 32 or something, and I the reason I I put him there is I just don't really buy that he's all of a sudden this this elite pitcher with a 303 ERA and a 111 WHIP and a near 27 strikeout rate for the entire year that he's not necessarily going to be a seven inning or six to seven inning guy. And just it just seems so ridiculous that in a small sample of uh, under 150 innings and not even all of them that he was good. He wasn't good in April and then he got hurt. And then we didn't see him, and then he came back in May and actually did what he's doing. And I just kind of didn't really want to buy into it so much, so I dropped him so far down. I raised him back up but to 21, which I still think is below average uh, significantly. Um, but I at least understand the possibility that this is actually the start of Logan Webb being phenomenal. And there, there are a couple of reasons why I'm not really in. Um, first of all, I'm not. I don't really know what to make of this. Uh, his 18% fly ball rate is absurdly low. Yeah, uh, I was kind of looking back at previous seasons of fly ball rates, essentially, and getting a sense of what you know wins the league every year, leads the league. 24% was the lowest one in 2018. 24%, and Logan went was six points underneath, essentially a quarter of that underneath, right? Which is insane. Um, actually, wasn't even the lowest of the league, and that's Framber Valdez. And I found at 15%, which is stupid. And I've actually found myself comparing Logan Webb to Frambois Valdez a little bit. Logan Webb has a better sinker, and that's the main difference. They both have a really good breaking ball. Um, the change of go be good or bad. Well, Webb's just a little, little bit better than Frambois Valdez's. But it's the same idea of, like, mm. uh, how much should I really be weighting in this ultra fly ball or ultra non-fly ball tendency of Logan Webb? And the hard hit per plate appearance, as Alexander Chase likes to call it, hard contact. We so might actually just change it to HC percentage because... That is fewer characters and just easier to say, hard contact. Um, not great. 84th in the majors uh, at 26% among starters last year. That's not really the, the you know, you like to think, oh, he gets a lot of ground balls. Oh, he induces weak contact, that kind of thing. Not really the story for Logan Webb. Uh, and I have to believe that given a full season, you know, or just another one of this, where this was a guy. Don't get me wrong. When he was on, he was on. Sinker mm-hmm. had a ton of drop to it, I uh, ton of vertical uh, vertical drop. Actually was, I think, yeah, third in the majors on a vertical drop on sinkers uh, among all starters, which is crazy. Uh, but I I just don't really buy that it's going to always turn into him having a, I don't know, great ratios. A 111 whip last year could easily rise to like 115, 117 or so. Uh, ERA would go with it. I don't really see him as a twenty-seven percent strikeout rate. The slider is really good, thirty-eight percent CSW for Webb last year uh, on that slider, twenty-two percent swing strike rate. But the changeup went in and out, just a twenty-five percent CSW on it. I don't. I just have a lot of questions if the sinker is that amazing. It had an x average of nine of two ninety-two last year. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the greatest thing ever. And it was really the slider just really you know performing so well that from a small sample I'm wondering maybe it overperformed so I just see Logan Webb as someone who won't have the same strikeout rate likely has worse ratios and uh, while he's still good he's still in that fourth tier of or third tier rather I just would rather have a lot of other guys so he's at 21 for me
1: that's interesting I mean uh, just to push back a little bit he's never been he's always been a, a guy who keeps fly balls down like yeah he's, he's oh, never sure. had a fly ball was, rate over 22 so- percent
2: it was 18% is like what? 18% is crazy. crazy, but even if he goes back, maybe to that's it. Too. Yeah. Maybe that is who he is. I mean, he hasn't pitched a ton. It's been 240 innings total in his entire career. That's true. Uh, maybe he is someone that just does that all the time. But I mean, that's essentially, you know, I call it like the Kyle Hendricks scenario of like, oh, this guy is the exception and we need to treat him. So I'm not ready to do that quite yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, I sometimes I wonder, too, if like uh uh, repeatability and you know you say it each week but like organizations and coaching staffs like uh, wondering like about how like last year with Kevin gasman I was like I just don't see him repeating and I wonder if San Francisco has a way of helping guys maintain or repeat um, but that's conjecture I mean I I might be a, a little bit higher I think it's he's one of 14 pitchers in baseball only starting pitchers that has two pitches uh, with a swinging strike rate over 15 percent um, which is pretty crazy considering two pitches is sixty six percent of his arsenal. Yeah,
2: get out of it. Wait, wait, how out of how many?
1: He uh, out of out of every starting pitcher. Yeah, with I took all their pitches that have been thrown over five hundred times. Okay, so a, a fairly large sample. Right, he is one of fourteen pitchers uh, that has two pitches with a swinging strike rate over fifteen percent. Many uh, of these not, other guys are in as, your list today. It's
2: not as shocking because of the 500-pitch minimum. So mm-hmm. you need a 24% usage on that changeup to get 523 thrown mm-hmm. of that changeup. So I think like Alc Manoa, for example, fastball and slider is over that, um, who's very close on this list after. And I'm very tempted to have Alec Manoa overlooking web, but that's another story. There are one,
1: two, three. Three, I think I think four guys on this list that are uh that we're gonna talk about today that have a two pitch mix over fifteen percent. It's weird. A lot of the guys uh actually I think there's only a few that you haven't mentioned. Do you know who had two pitches over fifteen percent? Erod. I was gonna say Tyler Beatty. No God. <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez well, is a shock to me. That's
2: interesting. That's I guess the changeup and must have been the four seamer then.
1: Change up in the four seamer. Yeah.
2: Because, I mean, Take he throws a lot of sinkers, and the four-seamer is more of the out pitch. Than, mm-hmm. uh the sinker is supposed to be like a surprise pitch, uh, which is kind of cool. That's why he always yells surprise when he throws it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> he should <laughs> stop
1: doing that. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> yeah that probably led to a lot of problems for him. Um, we're moving into a new tier now, tier number four. Do you want to talk about this tier and what it's called? The greenest you know it's called
2: that? of grass. I know. That, I know everyone who who misses me making up tears on the spots. I'm so sorry. I made them up already. Coward. You know, there was a part of me that actually didn't want to name them. But I felt like for such a long written article that, like, I needed to do that, you know. You know, this, this was going to be 36,000 words, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to write tears out and explain them. I needed this to be 37,000. I All right, Charlie Morton, though, is 22. And I think he's a good representation of the greenest of grass in a sense of if you don't have them, you can look on the other side and go, oh, man, I, I kind of wish I had these guys. Uh, and you're going to feel that way a lot with them not on your roster because they could just be supreme studs, all of these mm. pitchers. And for me, it's it's a case of I want to draft all of them, but I know it's not the wisest to just rely on all of them. Uh, Because they all have some question mark that uh, can't be overlooked.
1: Yeah, and we'll start then with, uh, you know, like you said, a guy who's got a pretty big question mark, and that's Charlie Morton. Guy still had one of the best, like truly one of the best pitches of baseball last year in his breaker. I want to talk about uh, where he is in the list of 22 and how a guarantee of 170 innings would sway your decision on Charlie Morton.
2: Yeah, I probably put him up to like 12 or something.
1: I, really? I mean, that's so it's that considerable.
2: I mean, it's like the thing is all the teens, they all mush together. It's like a blur. Mm. Uh, You know, like Lance Land versus Giolito and Flaherty and uh, Gaussman and stuff. It's like they're all kind of similar. Yeah. Um, Charlie Morton is excellent. Like he's a really, really good pitcher. And I, I truly wrestled with this. I remember talking to Scott White on uh, Fantasy Baseball Today with CBS back in like November. And Scott White was just saying, like, he's great. I don't know. Health isn't as much of an issue, Nick. And he seems very locked in at top 15. Maybe really think about it more because I think I had him a little bit longer or further down my list and maybe push him up. But I just couldn't – I can't wrestle around that. The question of the 170 innings I, I think has to be a little tougher or, or weigh on us more yeah. because Charlie Moran's going to be 38, you know, and he's he was someone that always dealt with injury. He was injured yeah. in 2020. You know, we can say that, oh, yeah, 18-19 in 2021, he was healthier, but he was hurt in 2020. um, And then there's the fracture that he had during the playoffs, and we assume it's all going to be fine. But just seems like another instance of there's just more things about Charlie Morton that makes me... I have to recognize that I'm not necessarily going to get that excellent performance. Not to mention his cutter kind of disappeared a little bit. It became more uh, fastball, cur- curveball from Morton, which worked. But there's... I don't know. There's there's another way that it's not going to work out, right? So I had to push that Morton down to 22, but I wouldn't be upset having Charlie Morton on any team. I'm about to blow your mind, okay? Blow my
1: mind uh, fast. Charlie Morton has had six seasons above 145 innings. Okay. Okay? And I believe five over 150. Mm-hmm. With which organization... Did Charlie Morton have the most uh, innings, uh, starts, seasons <laughs> over 150 innings? With which organization did he have two over 150?
2: Well, that would be the Astros. No. No. The Pirates the pirates the pittsburgh pirates
1: he did it in (laughs) 2011 at 171 and 2014 at 157 houston he had 146 and 167 so he just misses Uh. that 150 inning threshold it is interesting that in those six seasons above 145 innings pitch the highest era he had was 3.83 he's got whatever whenever he whenever he can go long he's shown that he can be effective but then again I don't think anyone turns 38 and just stops getting
2: injured. Oh man, (laughs) going long like this podcast will go, which I haven't been saying at all. I've been so bad. You said it every week. I think maybe you missed it in the last one, and then you got it in the last two minutes. I don't think I did in the last two podcasts. I am positive. (laughs) I did. I all right. I've been so bad. I don't know how it is. This is the 304th episode, and I've done. Mm -hmm. I think we started doing that like on the fifth one. Yeah, baby. And I, every single time, I struggle to say it. Like it's so. I'm just. I just want to talk about pitching. No tradition. None of that. Get out of here. Unbelievable. So anyway, so I mean, do you think this is reasonable for Charlie Warden at 22? Do you think he should be in that higher tier? Um. No, I mean no, because I, if, if we're living up to what you said, which is that the, a lot of
1: these guys have warts, it's it's difficult. That's a difficult wart to deny. And I want to return to something that we talked about in the first. Maybe not this. Maybe both where it's like, here's your choice. We both agree that Charlie Morton can still be effective even at that age. That curveball, doesn't matter. We saw Wainwright do it, and Wainwright was two years older. He could be effective with that curveball. If you personally believe that you're going to get 150 innings out of Charlie Morton, they're going to be quality innings. You being the general person listening to this podcast. If you're not super concerned with the injury, then go ahead. If you can build around him with a bunch of people who are quote-unquote workhorses, then you'll probably be fine, but that's that's I mean you said it yourself. If it's 170, he could be 12. He could be top 15 easy.
2: So yeah, that's the decision no, people I mean, need to make for themselves. The last three full seasons, if you want to say when he had at least 30 starts, so 2018, 19, 21, the highest he rate he had is 3.34, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's the insane. Lowest, the lowest strikeout rate 28.6, percent which was last year. Both of those things last year, which is that's amazing. That's super good. Um, the sinker is an elite called straight pitch. Uh, 24% called strike rate on that. Uh, four-seamer actually gets whiffs, a uh, 12% rate as well. And that curveball, as you mentioned, insanely good. 127 batting average allowed with the next average of 178. I mean, Charlie Morton is, is a very good pitcher. Um, also I believe goes deep into starts. If I remember correctly, I mean, last year wasn't his peak of it. Not nah, not really. 5.6 innings per game last year, 90 pitches per start. Which isn't as high as we see, but I mean, getting 90 as opposed to like, I think the league average is 84 or so. Actually, let me toggle it. 84 is the league average. Um, we have league averages on our tables, guys. Use them. They're fantastic. They help you with every stat. I uh, Yeah, 90 pitches per game last year. It's not like the workhorse of, I don't know, like Giolito or Cole, like the elites, really? Uh, is Giolito up that high? uh lynn, lynn used to be but lynn is still i think above 90. uh anyway that's all i'm getting out there he's still fine he's still great he should be happy he's with still training. uh yep. while, while you were while you were talking about that i'm doing my best to to, to quickly look
1: this up on uh on, i knew i had to uh, stall
2: i was just trying i was trying to thank you yeah
1: <laughs> i was giving you that out i was giving you that out Uh i was looking up the uh yeah there it was i thought so it it that's unbelievable this man was 37 years old last year he threw over 1000 curveballs okay and it was the second best pitch in baseball by woba okay it was one of two pitches not only under 200 in terms of woba under 250 under 250 okay oh man it goes kevin gaussman's uh Splitter at one seventy four. Yeah. Then it goes Charlie Morton, and then you know,
2: oh my God, I almost cursed, cursed. at how shocked by I was, way, guys. I, I almost cursed how, yeah.
1: how shocked yeah, I was. Okay, yeah. By, by this, what is the third lowest pitch by Woba? Minimum a thousand thrown. So this, you know,
2: a lot. Guy, give me some hint here.
1: I was shocked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this You're is shocked. Is he inside the top my tw- top twenty five?
1: Yes, we've already discussed him today no
2: okay that would be pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd be like, well, i guess it's logan webb in his slider um i'm gonna go with oh, who would it be and
1: uh, i said maybe he was a little too low i said maybe he should be up one or two from where he was mm-hmm. was Shane bieber's like skirball or slider or something like that it was a fastball which is all this is also why it's blowing my mind. The third best pitch by Woba, minimum a thousand thrown this year, was a four seamer. I don't know.
2: Lance Lynn. That was Lance. I mean, that was the other oh, I should have just said it. I didn't want to. That's waste per, everybody's time. That's amazing, Nick. Yeah. That, that's why he's Lance Lynn. I mean, his other stuff isn't that good.
1: Ugh,
0: that's Man.
2: insane. I just took. I, we're doing a, a mock TGFBI in our, uh, in the pitcher list check because we have like 40 people in it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I just took Lance Lynn in the fifth round i think like, yeah as your as your ace one yeah i thought that, i was like this is great i have my what 13th starter off the board and the fifth round of tgfbi theoretically i mean obviously not yeah but uh so i i'm i love lance lynn that's great and he's got a fantastic fast one should be good again but anyway that's charlie morden we're gonna move on to the next guy because we don't want to go long on this podcast to be fast yeah uh, no we don't because valentine's day all the other t- oh yeah <laughs> And, i mean uh, i'm spending it with my hot date here
1: hey baby i almost <laughs> just flash the camera um <laughs> oh i didn't even talk about how i got whatever what's uh, up yeah uh, what what then i got lunch with vlad settler what a lovely oh man. yeah that Very was double dated you know, with him
2: man you're just making me so envious first you send me photos of you in gray mm. then then it's you and vlad yeah, and I'm just I, I'm I'm kind of upset. You know, I haven't seen a photo of you and Miles Net yet, Miles Nelson, our director. We're going to get a drink this week, I think. Okay, great. I can't wait for my trifecta of jealousy.
1: All right, good. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, we want to talk about Alec Manoa. So far, I think you might end up being one of the 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 top guys on Manoa. I don't I don't know why. I don't um, I don't know if you're baking
2: in enough chance of him not repeating what he did. I guess, but his fastball and slider are like both elite pitches is the thing. They are. I guess I'm just worried about that walk rate coming to bite him his, his, a little bit his worse. His hard contact percentage, that is hard hit over PA percentage, was fifth in the majors last year mm. Um, at 18.7%, which is crazy. The number one was Freddie Peralta at like 17. We just talked about Logan Webb at 25%. If you're curious, how does this being calculated? Just think of it differently from like the normal hard hit percentage because it's overplayed appearance. It emphasizes strikeout, saying, hey, whenever a batter shows up, how often are they uh, allowing contact that is negative for the pitcher? And you want it to be under 20%. That's really good. Only a fifth of the time do they do that. Uh, four-seamer. Can you guess how good this four-seamer is? a swing strike rate on Alec Manoa's four-seamer. They throws over 35% of the time. 17% no, I- fast. <laughs> Who does that? What was that? Oh, you were going to. Oh, I didn't know you were actually going to guess. Who says? You can listening? you guess? I was just kind of saying to everyone, listen. to Can you guess? Give a number. I'm going to tell you, and then you actually were doing. It. Was it? Was it my I'm hands hips, looking up to the heavens that indicated? I was. That? I would, you know, I should have looked. Okay, I right, i take right, the blame here.
1: Are you going to guess 70%? No, I knew it was over fifteen because of the because oh, of what yeah, I, I said. The He end was end one before, of two guys. Now.
2: But you were going to say like 16 and a half or something, right? I was. I was I, I was going to say 17.4.
1: All
2: right, 17.1. Good job, Fast. You did great. Okay. No, it's <laughs> Prices right rules. I lost. <laughs> so why is it always Prices right rules? Why when did they define the system? I don't really You know, Barker, we live by know. our own rules. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Uh, It's a really, really amazing four-seamer that misses a ton of bats. There are days that he just goes off. I think he got like 17 whiffs one day with his four-seamer alone, and it was wonderful. And then, oh, yeah, his slider is absurdly good. 146 batting average allowed last year with a 160x average. Hi, what's up? Hard hit per playing period is only 12% on that one. 33% CSW. It is, and it just passes the eye test. It's like, this is a pitch that you look at and go, Oh, this should have good numbers, and it absolutely does. And I I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I, I would say I would say that the biggest problem is the changeup isn't quite there. Um, but I think of you know, I'm not gonna say what I would normally say here, but there are there are guys that have like an elite slider and you yeah. get excited. But the thing is it's not just an elite slider, it's an elite four seamer two. And the fact that he has two weapons that are, were there the entire year that he showed up make me really, really excited about Alec Manoa. Um, I, I see a case where the Jays aren't just... They just aren't going to limit him. They're going to let him just keep pitching, you know? We, we, we I think we do this dance a lot. And I could be wrong. I absolutely could be stupid here. But I remember last year, we were like, oh, all these guys, you know, volume is weird after 2020. They got to limit them a lot in 2021. And in so many scenarios, teams are just like, well, there's, who else is going to pitch? And they just kept doing it. And do you really see the Blue Jays after Manoa tossed about 130 between the majors and minors last year? That Manoa is also going to not be pitching these important games in September for them? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Right. And so so when it comes to innings with him, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with this. So he averaged 92 pitches per game last year. I uh, I think he can hint at six per game. He did five point six last year, so Alec Manoa, to me is like this rock that is has a higher you know better chance at a higher strikeout rate than say like Logan Webb, right? I think he's got that more in him with a better fastball for miss, missing bats, mm. um, and yeah I don't know I mean I think the biggest negative is of course that it's the Blue Jays in the AL East and that's terrifying, uh, but outside of that I mean. If it weren't for that, if he was like in San Francisco, I'd be even pushing him even higher. So that's why I love Alec Mano right now. I wonder if it—he has the the lowest slider BABIP in
1: baseball last year. Um, that's interesting. He's the only BABIP under two hundred. Yeah, one ninety four. And I I wonder I I don't I'm like genuinely curious that because I don't know how like Lucas Giolito wasn't that far off. It seems like he got a little quote unquote lucky. With his last year.
2: Um, yeah, willing that's well I'm willing that's to gamble that Manoa's me. slider is... I mean, sure, it probably should have a higher than a 200 or a 194. But not mm-hmm. that much. I mean, the, again, the X average was 20 or 14 points higher. Uh, do we have the X BABIP? We might... X BABIP was 225. It was 225? Higher standards, yeah. Which is so a little more towards not, league Yeah, average. but that's like... That's fine. If you told me he had a two twenty five babbitt on a slide, I'm like, all right,
1: that's still great. <laughs> yeah. The so I was looking at the so I was looking at the Wobacon then to see what happened when it was actually put in play. And it's it's not bad either. It's three thirteen, which isn't terrible for a Wobacon. It's like uh it's actually right next to you Darvish's like sl- ever so slightly worse, yeah, he but better five than Zach Wheeler's slider. Yeah. yeah. Manoa. But that so but then I mean I, I I'm not gonna say that's it, right? Because he's I don't really care if it's a fastball slider guy as much anymore because we've seen plenty of guys succeed with being a two pitch mix. I I'm I, I'm curious to see if he comes down at all just to bake in some of that likely. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. Well that's, that's interesting. the
2: thing. I don't expect a three twenty two a year, right? That's what I'm getting oh. at. I don't expect a one oh five whip, right? I, I do expect something to change here. I can't, I, I, I can't go over the fact that, that he constantly limited hard contact super effectively. Um, and it's not all of a sudden going to go from like a 105 whip. I don't expect like a 120 or so. You know, 8.7% walk rate isn't ideal. It's not necessarily something that tells me, oh, this is going to be a major issue for him. I think Benoit can, sure, give me like an 8% walk rate again. Okay maybe 8.5, whatever. And then the whip comes down to like 112, 113 or something, and like a 3.5 ERA, but maintains the strikeout rate in a ton of innings. That's great. That's fantastic. So I'm I'm on board with Manoa. The next guy
1: I thought, uh, I, I personally was going back and forth originally. My gut would have been to rank him a little higher than Manoa. Now I'm not quite sure. And that's Trevor Rogers. It's interesting, you know, his highest innings pitch projection total is 157. uh, Really? Yeah, which is kind of... That seems so low. That's the highest. The bat and ATC both have him at 157. Everyone else has him lower.
2: Wild. I mean, he just threw 133 for the Marlins last year, and Trevor Rogers seems like a guy also that could push um, the pitches per game and innings per game. Uh, In the first half, he did, and then the second half, he didn't. So I feel like there is a higher ceiling from the 86 pitches per game than he had last year. So, yeah, he was went pretty that.
1: deep into games, especially earlier on in the season, too. So uh, that is a, Well, a little... it was the
2: second half, though. He didn't make it to the sixth once after, I believe, June 23rd. Yeah. So so Trevor Rodgers had also a lot of personal issues, if you guys remember that. Um, we didn't really know he was going to return for a moment. I uh, missed all of August. Um, and, you know, he started to look more like himself by the end. But at the end of the day, the, for Trevor Rodgers, I really love his fastball. I think he has a really good four-seamer, a high strike rate on it, 34% CSW as well. I I think he just sets him up super super well, just to put batters away from the left side, goes inside to right-handers with it. Has a change of the misses bats effectively uh, that wasn't quite as good in the second half. Actually, it's more really the slider that disappeared from, as it called, strike pitch, and he couldn't really rely on that in the in the second half. But still, overall, for the change, up 21% swing strike rate for, for Rodgers' slow ball. I think he's just going to get better um, over time. The wins are an issue. It's the mm. Marlins. He had seven wins over 25 games. If he's going a full 30 and he's able to go longer in them, he could do 10 and you'd be fine with that. But he doesn't have the same ceiling of, like, Manoa's 14, 15, theoretically, if everything goes well, right? So there is that to consider. But I think given the four-seamer and changeup combo with a slider that gets called strikes, yeah, Trevor Rogers can improve upon his... Uh, uh, second half of and whatnot and I'm uh, well, more so like the 115 whip is it's actually the 117 we're not including intentional walks right now which is really annoying <laughs> but I uh, that that's the only problem with the whip at the moment but yeah I think Trevor Rogers could be 115 not better on that whip side and he's just really good he's, he's a the, solid solid guy
1: the wins is a very very good point um I didn't even think about yeah. uh I uh, this kind of shocks me too um Best changeup in baseball by WOBA, is that right? And that is includes Devin Williams because I'm looking yeah, at five, o- minimum 500 thrown.
2: I've got a 202 WOBA here for Trevor Rogers on his changeup.
1: Best in baseball, crazy. That's, That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I don't think we ever really referred to Trevor Rogers as having the best changeup in baseball
1: last year. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think that was the conversation we put him in.
2: That is by results. Um, keep in mind, I need to get a lot of strikeouts on them, but still 47 of it's 165 batters faced. Limited the long ball, just one of them. Uh, that's, yeah, pretty solid stuff there. Pretty, pretty good. Um,
1: <laughs> all right. We're going to move on to the final six guys in a minute. Before we do, we're going to take a little ad break. And we're back. We're going to talk about a guy. I feel like we've kind of been like, can you say he bounced back last year? Frankie Montas, would you call last year? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, So what do you, what walk us through this, right? Because there were, you know, if we're taking a thousand foot view of Frankie Montas, it was like, oh man. So high. (laughs) yeah. You're like, (laughs) I'm terrified. It's 2019. He throws, you know, 96 innings, 2019. We're like, okay, here it is. This is great. And we have the shortened season and he's awful 151 whip and a 5'6 ERA. And then comes back in 2021. Everyone's like, is he gonna get the innings? Is there are they gonna be good innings? And what does he do? Almost 190 with a 3.37 ERA. Uh yeah, what are you thinking here?
2: I think that. Frankie Montas has a pair of fastball sinker four seamer that are not exceptional. Um, They get hard- hit a decent amount of the time, especially the sinker with a 316 average last year of 34% hard hit over PA, which is, ooh, that's really rough. And keep in mind, you're going to see fastballs always have a harder uh, or a higher hard hit for PA, at least in general, because, well, they're not strikeout pitches like, uh, like sliders and changeups and curveballs and whatnot, not to mention they're also... Um, have, you know They walk guys on fastballs a lot, so that's including the plate appearance and so on. Uh, so just keep that in mind. But still, 34% is really high on that sinker and throwing it 30% of the time um, last year. While the, the four-seamer was much better, uh, 13% swing strike rate we like to see, 31%. Uh, uh, CSW, 206 average, but still got hit a decent amount, over 30% hard hit or PA on it. He relies on those to get a ton of strikes. And when Frankie Montes has a splitter and or slider on a given day to pair with them, then everything is all right. Because he gets a lot of grounders uh, with that sinker, and then the splitter misses so many bats. 27% swing strike rate last year, and he throws 22% of the time. One of every five pitches was a splitter, and it missed bats over a quarter of the time. That's really, really good. Uh, but he didn't get a lot of strikes with it. That's the thing. He had to rely on the, those two fastballs to get his strikes. Only 58% strike rate. The slider you would hope would be a strike pitch. But honestly, you're in strikes the same amount as the splitter at 58% of the time. Not ideal. Uh, at the end of the day, you have a guy with a splitter that will continuously get strikeouts because of it. On a team that will let him pitch, 94 pitches per game is excellent. Hmm. It's just a question of, all right, it's a slightly sub-six um, innings per game. Is he going to have the feel always for that splitter? I, I don't think it's as consistent as Kevin Gaussman's. And Gaussman the other day on the Pitching Ninjas show talked about the blood blisters and everything that he would get. Yeah. And it's, you know, throwing a splitter consistently that's really good is not something that's easy to do. Uh, so on one hand, I see someone who's going to get volume and do it decently well. On the other, I see the 118 whip at a hard hit percentage of, or hard contact percentage over 27% last year. Um, And I get a little spooked, Mm. but the volume, it's it's really just a volume play uh, with Frankie Montes. And if you need that, if you're pairing it with some larger injury risks, like a DeRom or something, you might want to get Montes in there. I might, you know, I've been thinking about it. I might be lowering Montes like a pick or two. Uh, because i don't know if i can buy the the whip being that great considering how hittable the fastballs are and how few strikes he gets uh with a splitter and a slider
1: yeah that's a good point i mean uh, the the slider really underperformed last year though right it was like mm-hmm. one of the one of the worst you know pitches for him in his mix and it had a i mean he's never had a huge sample with it he's thrown it like over 250 times a decent amount but this is like the most he's he's gone to it just because of the innings in and of itself. But it was interesting because I feel like if you were in 2019 or in twenty twenty, even 2020, we'd be like, yeah, if you have that splitter, go to it more, go to it more, go to it more. And then he did and he got great results for it, but it seems like it might've been as a result of the slider, just not being a consistent pitch for him, which then brings into the question of whether they can coexist with one another. Is he able to effectively have both pitches at the same time? Um, So that's interesting, but I guess it is interesting also to note that the slider actually could get better um, which could keep him in like a three four three five ERA kind of position, especially if that splitter maintains.
2: Yeah, definitely there. I mean, the, the splitter dropped. Sorry, the slider drops in a uh, strike rate by ten points between 2020 and 2021. Yet 2020 was the bad year, and mm-hmm. 2021 was the good year blimp. So uh, I'm curious if uh, you know. Hopefully, we see a really good slider, and if that is there, then it should set up everything. But yeah, there are times the splitter just disappears, and those fastballs are not enough to get through on its own. That's what happened the first month or so of the year, and then Frankie Montes completely turned it around. I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember, like May last year, there's Castillo who was failing. Charlie Morton was not good in the beginning. Mm, yeah. Uh, yep. Max Fried was struggling, and Frankie Montes was as well. Uh, Aaron Nola was, but Aaron Nola and, and, really wasn't good through the year, but then Castillo eventually got around, but then Montes turned it around. All those questions started fading away finally. Uh so so we'll see. We'll see if, you know, Montes can be consistent through the entire year. I'm leaning that he will be in some way, but there is a little bit of a wart here that makes me
1: yeah, a little bit spooked. Oh my God, what was the guy was he a brave who um Everyone thought he was going to have like a, like he had a great sample size in 2020 and then he was going to turn, he was going to continue to do it in 2021 because his velocity was up. Um, Who was it? Who am I thinking of? I mean, help me.
2: Great 2020 small sample was Ian Anderson, but it was no, it was someone else. It was an yeah. older dude, older uh, guy. We, no, I think Mike was velocity was up. Yeah. Who
1: no, because I think Mike velocity
2: was up. He wants to be in Atlanta.
1: Um. Oh my God! I can't it believe here I'm, here, believe here, I'm here forgetting his name. For I, I know. I know.
2: All right. Noah. Noah did great. No. You
1: you, you 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 move him. on to your next guy. Uh. Shane McClanahan and oh who? Uh, was, you're
2: just gonna you're, say you're, like casual like that? It's
1: it's so funny. I was gonna be like, are you ready to talk about the love of your life?
2: Sh- oh my God! Shane McClanahan fans over here. Um. Put it really quickly. Two incredible breaking balls. Uh. Curveball and slider are just both so filthy. Uh, 34% CSW on the slider from McClanahan. 43% CSW on 17% usage from McClanahan's curveball. I will not let you tell me who it was because okay. I am still standing. Go, oh, please. I, I didn't. Say, I didn't say anything. I uh, don't. You dare. Absolute money pitch on the curveball. 41% of his swing. 45% zone rate last year. And the thing is, the fastball got lit up. 308 average, Xwoba 424 on the pitch, 41% hard hit per plate appearance. That is the biggest question that is driving up the 121 whip, sorry, 128 whip last year. Can McClanahan use his slider and his curveball more? The good news here is I think he can. He had a near 70% strike rate on the curveball for just 17% usage. That suggests that you can use that pitch a lot more. Than you did last year, and the four seamer coming at forty-one percent. I think he can go the way of Joe Musgrove, featuring the pitch around thirty percent of the time. If there's any organization that is going to embrace something like that, it would be the Rays. Uh, the slider and curveball just that good that I think Shane McClanahan throwing ninety-six plus on the four seamer can figure out. Maybe I don't need to throw seventy percent strikes with that four seamer. Maybe mm-hmm. I can nibble a little bit better um, and use it in in better situations. While the slider and curveball can do all the damage. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think the sky's the limit once he figures out the right mix. And you'll see the 120 whip, 18, sorry, 128 whip come way down. Striker rates stay up at 27%, not go up with that curveball. Uh and just soar. Biggest question mark, I think, is how are the rays going to use them? That's a big thing. 123 innings last year. They didn't let him go six innings. I remember such a huge deal when he did in the middle of the year. I think of it as a bell curve. Shane McClanahan was getting ramped up and then all of a sudden he hit that peak. Then the Rays were about 10 games up in the East and it was August and thought, you know what? Let's just slow McClanahan down, take this easy. And that's what they did by the end. Now they need Shane McClanahan as their ace this year. I think you're going to see maybe fewer innings than Manoa. I think the the Blue Jays are going to have the gloves off a little bit more for Manoa than the Rays are for McClanahan. Still, you're going to see at least over 160 innings, I think, from Shane McClanahan, barring health, of course. Uh, and you should be happy with what you normally get. He's one of the guys that I'd want
1: to wait and see what the Rays do post lockout before I assess because I'm with you, right? And I also don't know if like they go out and just sign a bunch of dudes, or I mean, they're they're not going to trade. I don't know. Could you imagine if they got Vershawn?
2: Yeah, but I mean. I mean, that's the only thing I think maybe Rodon, that's Those are the only two major free agents left that would displace Shane McClanahan as their opening day starter, right?
1: Yeah, but you know them. They can also get, I mean, they to get Corey Kluber and who knows what else they can try and pull out of a particular pitcher. I'm trying to pull out who the remaining free agents are. Tyler Anderson
2: uh, uh, is mm-hmm. another intriguing one, but there really isn't much left.
1: Anthony Discafani would be interesting.
2: No, he's on the Giants now. Uh oh, he's back I, in the Giants. Yeah, same with Alex Wood. Um there's oh, I, thought a, I was picking up free agents. I, uh, Michael Pineda. Uh you you probably mm-hmm. have signed still selected instead of also yeah yep, yep, unsigned. Yep, 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 yep. Michael Pineda is someone interesting in the market, maybe Kwan Kim if he doesn't go back to Japan. Got it. I
1: would be very curious to see what the Rays could do with Kikuchi. But you're right, oh, yeah, there's Kikuchi nothing is a good one, yeah. There's nothing really here. Kikuchi actually might be interesting because they could get a good amount of innings out of him, too. Absolutely.
2: But regardless of the fact, McClanahan is going to be their number one unless it's Kershaw Rodon. The guy I was talking about is still a free agent. Not helping. (laughs) It was Drew Smiley. Oh, that's who you mean.
1: Yeah, because he was on Atlanta. He was on San Francisco before. Um, All right. uh, We got to get to the rest of these. You Um, really do. We do. You uh, Darvish is next. This might be a shock because this really says that. I guess this is this too low for you, Darvish. I mean, the ceiling is top ten. We all know that. <clears throat> oh, I'm dying, Tuck. <laughs> oh.
2: Okay, well, don't die because you Darvish uh, is really exciting. You want to see what he does in 2022. <sighs> 422 ERA it was pushed up because of home runs and that's a big question the cutter for Darvish is super home run prone. I uh, 29% strike rate great 110 whip fantastic because of the little walk rate but he's just really inconsistent when it comes to command and post sticky stuff he would spike up and down based on how good his command uh, was per start. I I wonder if he kind of figured out a way to get the you know the same I I don't know, the same grip or whatever you want to say on the ball post-sticky sticky stuff. Still, it's just this assumption like, yeah, he's totally going to be locked in. I think we've had that conversation every year for the past seven years or so about Darvish actually doing it for a legitimate full season again.
1: There were just certain games last year where he just looked, where the command was just gone. like right. was, And you could tell, like you'd be watching that first inning and you were like, all right. We're in for you know what I mean? Like yeah, it never he, was like he would come out in the second and he would just automatically find it. If you it was just tell, gone.
2: when a pitcher is battling himself instead of the batter, it is it is where your anxiety comes from when you watch mm-hmm. a pitcher. And yeah, I felt that a lot watching you Darvish, last year. He's he's the antithesis of a
1: Jose Barrios because you like there is no consistency, right? I mean, look at these ERAs for the past four years. 4.22, 2.01. 3.98, 4.95, 3.86. He hasn't had a same first number in his ERA <laughs> since between 2016 and 2017. That's bananas. That is insane.
2: <laughs> like that's that. I, I would hesitate to find another pitcher
1: who has been that consistently inconsistent.
2: Right. Well, what we'll say is that his whip in 2019 was 110.96 in 2020 and then 110 in 2021. So, at the very least, with Darvish, you know, the question is how are we rolling the dice on the ERA? But the strikeouts and the whip are going to be there. Decent win chances, I would say, being on the Padres, who should be a lot better in 2022. Uh, eight wins and 11 losses just feels a little weird for Darvish. Even Yes, I understand the 422 ERA is a problem for that, but he should get double-digit wins. I... Uh, It just is like, yeah, do you think he's going to allow the same amount of home runs or close to it? Or is he going to dramatically reduce them? I don't know. And I felt, you know what, I'd rather take the other chances on, you know, Morden's health being better or McClanahan figuring out the right approach more so than Darvish and this maddening. As you know, you were like the guy out for on Darvish forever. Yeah. And you know best of just how maddening it can be. As I don't a, want to do a fancy manager with, you know, Darvish on your team. Uh, I mean, is, is he is he the king of the
1: hipsters? Is he the king of the head conducing oh, pit, uh, pitchers? You No, those, your are, entire those roster? are
2: ones that don't start enough. Like that would be like Aaron Ashby this year. Like you mm-hmm. draft <laughs> him and I'm so excited about him. But what do I do? Do I drop him for someone else? Because he's not starting at Shane Boz could be that because we don't know when he's going to start. I, I didn't realize that uh, Jose Barrios, who I
1: just mentioned as being the antithesis of you, Darvish, was Are you the, sure? I was
2: right behind him. I really yeah, didn't. Yeah, I did that like, on purpose. Did you? Yes. <laughs> no. They're like both like the same—I I could not agree more with your assessment. I was like, oh, he hmm. must have—yeah, I love this. This is great because Barrios, you know— 79th in the majors among starting pitchers in hard contact allowed, which is not good. You don't want to be 79th if you're being ranked this highly as a starting pitcher. Um, that 25% last year. It might get even worse considering he's in the AL East now instead of the Central. Mm. But 192 innings, and he's the great mm-hmm. undulator Uh, because he always finds a way to be between like a three five and a three 3.8 ERA. It's crazy. I remember the entire way last year. I remember, I think you said... Like on a, like one of our last podcasts, like maybe in the beginning of September, it was a 3-4-4 ERA or something for Barrios. Mm. And I was like, I'm telling you, he's going to find a way to you be a 3-5 or worse, right? And you go, I don't know, I think this might be the year. I, th- I, th- I think this might be it. So in his last game, he has 300 runs in six innings, a 4.5 ERA that just brings him up above 3.5. It's pretty funny to me with Jose Burrios, but I mean, Look, it's always the same stuff. It has a sinker, four seamer, curveball. The changeup is never really what we want it to be. The curveball goes in and out, but overall is a great pitch. Thirty-five percent CSW, a good amount of strikes. Like it's not hit hard. It's just all right. Is the sinker and fastball going to pair that up perfectly with it? And it just always goes back and forth the entire year. But we
1: we may be, fo- I mean, well, I think we kind of both won because we may be falling into a little narrative here because, yes, while there is some consistency there, the ceiling got higher. The 3.52 ERA and 3.47 FIP were career bests for him. Mm. So was the 26% K rate. And now we're maybe talking about a guy who is in 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 what is a league that is not filled with perennial workhorses. He's a guy that's kind of locked in theoretically for hundred and ninety innings with a mid three ERA. That's not yes. bad. That's a he could pair him well with a but lot of players.
2: He's in a worse division now. He's still had a three five ERA in that division. No, no, no. He joined he joined in August. I mean, essentially last two months of the year. Um, uh, because he was on the twins, of course, before that. I mean, yeah, he didn't do terribly with it, but I'm not going to suggest. I mean, if you, you know, the same things you talked about with Manoa is like he's going to be able to repeat it in the L.E.s. I think very much so apply here to <laughs> Barrios <laughs> as well, right? I. Yeah, it's it's also he allows more he allows more hard contact than Manoa does too, that I think can come back and bite him a bit. What this do you year think so. his ERA was in Toronto? Uh, I'm going to say it's a three five two three five eight. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it exactly. was right in line. Yeah. with everything else. I. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, Barrios, I want him to be this guy, but it's also just like this is he's always he's not called the great undulator for one year, you know. This is what he has been, and it's now a worse situation. So I'm a little concerned, but yeah, you're not gonna get burned by Jose oh. Brios, and and you know, likely not. Um, you're not also gonna get like a sub three year race season all of a sudden. He's gonna be kind of good. And not, you know, and I, I personally like the chance in this tier of someone that can be like a legitimate overwhelming ace, right? Like Darvish and McClanahan and, and Morden and Manoa and so on. So that's why he's below those guys. But yeah, Barrios is gonna help your fantasy team. Seventy
1: five percent of his starts in Toronto were quality starts. That's crazy. Nice. Seven seven in a row he ended the season with they twelve starts overall. Yeah, and the uh, last three all with three hundred runs. Which isn't oh, yeah, good so for your all, fantasy team. They're all VPQS. I mean that that remains to be seen, right? It depends. If you track quality starts, doesn't matter. You got the you got the quality start.
2: These are not quality start stuff. And a four point five ERA is not good for your team. Sorry. <laughs> the strikeouts um, are that's good. You, know, you he had, had seventeen across his last two starts. Yay! But I, I don't know what you want from me fast. To love Jose Barrios, that's what I want for me. Well, it's even better if he had two and runs over four innings because not only is it, I uh, it's 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 being expressed more by doing it for two more innings, you know. Mm. It's even a harsher uh, penalty on your year A. It's true. Um. Ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fine. Uh, I want to talk. I want to move on now to to Blake Snell, who's another guy that you we kind of undulated on. Uh, the You know, the more we get away from 2018, I mean, we probably could have agreed after 2020 that he's never going to be a sub-two ERA pitcher again. Now the question is, is he even going to be like an 130 innings pitched and 140 innings pitch kind of pitcher again? Let's also take a step back, too, and remember how much we threw Tampa under the bus when they traded him. And we were like, even for us, this is crazy. What are they doing? And then what has he done? He's thrown um, like a little over. He hasn't thrown 300 innings overall since 2019. He threw 107, then 50, then 128. uh, 3.24 ERA in the 2020 season, but any over 100 innings, then it's been about a 4.2 ERA. So sorry about that, Tampa. You guys were once again right. But he also started to find a fastball slider combination a little bit more last year.
2: Okay, okay. A couple things. First of all, I think you're being harsh on Blake Snell because because he was on your team last year in the in the Legacy League. Second of all, what a victorious come what a comeback I had. Yeah. Okay. As you looked into the the horizon, as if you saw. <laughs> ah! Okay. I no, but 2018, 31 starts. 2019, 23 starts, and he had an injury. But the Rays have always been limiting snell so keep that in mind in 2020 he still made 11 starts it's just that, again the rays let him did not let him go on average five innings in both 2019 and 2020 limited him to 82 pitches and then 79 in uh 2019 2020 while 2018 94 pitches per game they say you know what we're gonna slow you down we're gonna we're gonna not do that as of course famously done in the world series 86 uh-huh. pitches per game last year, much better as the project was like, yeah, we are going to push you a little bit more and got hurt by the end. That's why he didn't get up to over 30 starts last year, but right. He wasn't as effective until Blake Snell realized, Oh, a, I got to stop throwing this changeup. B. I am nibbling with my four seamer. And he actually went back to his roots um, of the Blake Snell blueprint. You want to know the funniest thing about the Blake Snell blueprint fast? The funniest thing. Tell me, how would you describe the Blake Snell blueprint?
1: uh breakers down fastballs up
2: fastballs up right as in and Mm. how would you define fastballs up
1: top of the zone or above the zone
2: okay so top third and and above that right yeah i have that poster that i joke about from june 3rd 2018 against the seattle mariners or blake's now execute the blueprint and i realized what was going on that blueprint has so many fastballs in the middle okay it's just not down and that is the heart of what makes Blake Snell great is that when he just throws his fastball for strikes in the middle to upper half, not just like elevated at the very top and above, and then does not go ham wild on changeups and several eyes on sliders and curveballs, mm. then that's when he unlocks himself. And that's what he did in 2018, and that's what he started to do at the end of last year. And I don't think I need to give you all the stats about how amazing he was. I think a lot of you guys listening know this, but... Essentially, from I uh, from August on is when is when Blake Snell started doing this, and he was just absurd. It, it, it was it was nuts. We had um, three games in a row of double digit strikeouts, one eighty three ERA across forty four innings. Okay, and that includes his last game where he ended you know shortly, which is annoying. But he was just dominant. He, he killed it, Blake Snell. So the question for me isn't oh, this isn't effective. He can't be effective. Honestly, the question is, is Blake Snell the kind of guy that is going to think, okay, I did well there, but I just need to now get my changeup back in the offseason and actually focus that again or actually be like, no, wait, no, this worked. This is clearly it and just stick with this. If he sticks with this approach and keep in mind, those three starts, we're talking about double digit starts. He actually had four of these, four of six games where he went at least seven innings. Okay, so this is in here. This is an, an opportunity for Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. And look, look at the Padres. They certainly need innings. Uh, they're not going to take their depth for granted in that rotation after last year. I I, I see a potential top 15 easily in, in Blake Snell, but it's a big assumption for two months or really this yeah. 44 inning stretch. So do what you want here. This is why I put Barrios in between Darvish and Snell. So you have the options that you can go with. Yeah. Isn't going to be an ace, but he isn't gonna break your team. Well, Snell could be an ace, or he could fizzle out again. So it's up to you what you want.
1: That's a good point. Um, yeah, I like that. I, I always like giving giving the listeners choices to be able to make decisions <laughs> on, on their own. I dig that. Um I, I wanna we're gonna wrap up with your number 30, who drove I bet a lot of people After last season, we're like, I am never drafting Luis Castillo again. (laughs) I am not doing it. Um, I don't think I would be one of those people. uh, Ended the year with a 3.98 ERA, second highest of his career. You have to go back to 2018 when he threw 170 with a 4.3 ERA. Very nice, a little FIP 3.75, a WHIP that was just brutal, Um, and a BABIP that again over 300 at 318 off from the 287 career
2: norm. What are you thinking about Luis Castillo? So I think the thing that really is the takeaway, as I talked about before, is that the first two months are bad. But honestly, the, the ones after the last 20 starts of the season, the final ones, he had over 124 innings, 269 ERA with a 26% K rate. And I think that's what a lot of people are latching on to. It might be really funny to know that in those innings, uh, compared to the whole season, same amount of hard hit percentage over PA, mm. at 24%, same exact 239 Kind of crazy. And still a 124 whip when he was doing well. And that really is what made me not chase Luis Castillo here. Uh, Is the fact that he's never really been a whip guy. 122 in 2018, 115 in 2019, 123 in 2020, 137 last year. Yeah. It's, It's an issue for him because he allows a good amount of hard contact and his fastballs are hittable. And his walk rate last year was 9%. Do I expect it to be that high again? No, probably maybe like 8% or something for Luis Castillo's walk rate. But still, the, the changeup wasn't as overwhelming as we've seen last year. Only an 18.5% swing strike rate versus the 25 and 28% of, of previous seasons. I I wonder if there's just enough in the tank with a four-seamer in the sinker. Uh, four-seamer does get some whiffs. Didn't get as many last year as it normally does, but only 59%... Strike rate is kind of concerning. Uh while well, the sinker just gets destroyed. 33 338 average last year, which is not good. That's that's really yeah. bad. That's uh, yeah. And the slider, 37% CSW doesn't throw it a ton. Um did increase its strike rate, which is good to 63%, but it's not something I think I can depend on. So yeah, I don't really see a, an excellent whip coming for Castillo. And as long as that whip is bad, then I'm hesitant. I understand if you need to chase strikeouts. So like, if you got guys that maybe like a Max Freed or something, you're not getting that 200 plus strikeout potential arm. Yeah, I understand trying to get uh, you know the 192 from Castillo last year, 187 innings that could go higher um, if he has a change up the entire year. But yeah, Luis Castillo isn't for me. Some quick notes on him
1: for me: first time ever swinging strike rate in this changeup was below 20%. right? Um, and the O-con, excuse me, the Z-contact on that changeup was 81%. This is a guy who, before that, the career high was, I think, 69%, maybe, no, 73 in 2017. Okay, that, that's crazy. And that just points to a problem to me with, with what that changeup is, just leaving over the zone, and that—that's where the question is, right? If he can fix that changeup, then we're talking about a better URA, We're talking about more Ks, but we're not talking about really drastically a better WHIP, because as you said, he's going to consistently be that kind of one point one or higher WHIP kind of guy, at least. So, yeah, a lot of question marks there.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's just I get it with Castillo, and also, yeah, he did well after. But again, the one twenty four WHIP, even when he was better. Is still ah, oh, that's not quite mm. there for Luis Castillo. Maybe if it moves out of Sensi, it can be better. You know, there's a lot of talk about the cold weather uh, of Castillo early on the season, and if that's gone, but it's it's just a lot of. Uh, I, I'll put it, I'll say it again. I want to chase guys, especially as my second or third starter off the board, that have potential being my SP one. You know, I'm not saying that they will be. That's why if they were, then I'd be drafted. You know, they'd be going where SP ones are. Mm-hmm. But don't rule out that you know to win your leagues and stuff, you can't just be average. You know, you can't just get an 4, one, two, three, four, five. If everyone has that, you're just pretty much average. Yeah, you have to. You have to get guys that do better than their value, right? Than their draft stock. So I I purposely go for guys that can be better than they are, and the Castillo. I don't really see that where he is at the moment. I think there's just too much in his way. Yeah, makes sense. Um what a lovely Valentine's Day episode it was
1: for us, my little Valentine. We kept it to 40 minutes just like we promised we would. Uh and uh
2: Yeah, can you call me your little Valentine all the time fast? Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, M- MLV baby, not MLB. MLV. My wow. little Valentine. Um, All right, that is going to do it for episode number 304 of On the Court of the
2: OfficialPitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys later this week.